you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. It's a good day. It's part two of Better Together. We're talking about connection. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about being united in the body of Christ. Such a big subject. And we're trying to cover uh, a a few points here. Last week we talked about that, that God created us for connection. It was God's idea. You remember we said that Adam wasn't the one that went to God and prayed for a wife, right? Like so many times us guys do today, Lord, I need to be married. I don't know how to cook, don't know how to clean, don't want to. Help me, send me a helper. <laughs> but Adam, Adam didn't pray that prayer. God was the one that said, hey, this man needs some help. <laughs> right? It was God's idea. It was God's idea. Think about that. The things that we take for granted that God designed. It's better together. And talking about loneliness, I tell you, when you unite yourself to uh, a community of believers, that spirit of loneliness is broken. You know, there is a spirit of loneliness that is coming on the earth today. Even though that we are connected digitally even more than ever before, there's people that are just lonely um, but I'm telling you, the, the spirit of loneliness can be broken through community. God designed community. And we have to learn how important it is so that we join ourselves to other believers so that we can be strengthened and some other things can happen. We're going to get into uh, growth, the, uh, the, the, the concept of growth today, the word growth. And I just want to start by telling you a little bit about my personal life here. Um, some of you may have heard some of this, so, uh, but it bears repeating because uh, it's important to know where you came from. It's important to know what your pastors believe and how, uh, who we are and where we came from. At 11 years old, I remember getting born again in an evangelistic service down in South Georgia, and I was hungry. My aunt, uh, my mother's sister, told me when, when I was a young kid, she says, you're, you're hungry for God. I remember her telling me that. She said, you would always ask your parents to take you to church. And so as a kid, I, I, had, that, I had that desire. Yes. Parents, your kids have a desire yes. to come to church yes. and, and experience this presence of believers that encourage one another and strengthen one another. Yes. And so at 11 years old, I became born again. And I remember it to this day. I have never doubted Um, you know, and I don't say that braggadociously, but I had a supernatural experience. I wasn't praying for it. I didn't ask for it. Um, it was in a denominational church where they, they didn't really teach supernatural miraculous experiences like that. But 11 years old, I had an experience with the Lord that I'll never forget the longest day that I live. And so, uh, as I was growing up in my teen years, uh, I moved from South Georgia up to Atlanta. And as I um, was in high school, I met a friend of mine that was a strong Christian. And we're still friends today. He, we're uh, we're uh, Facebook buddies and we share, Scott is his name, Scott Garrett. You, you can look on my Facebook friends. You can uh, private message him and ask him if what I'm saying is true. 
This is, this is how real this is, guys. We, need to, we, we have to be real. And this is where I found my strength through my connections with, with people that are real. Just doing life together. When I was 15 years old, Scott and I got uh, connected in high school. And uh, we stayed connected up in, uh, in high school for four years. And we, we would go to Bible studies together. And uh, I remember when, when uh, there was a, he had an older brother named Jim. And so back in those days, in the late 70s, 77, 78, there was a Metro Bible study going on in the Atlanta area. And it was over in Smyrna, Smyrna, First Baptist Church of Smyrna. And Dan DeHaan was the teacher. Dan DeHaan went on to be the chaplain of the Falcons and had a, uh, a role in uh, Steve Barkowski's life. Uh, becoming born again. Steve Barkowski, you remember the quarterback for the Falcons way back when? Um, but I was, in, I remember going to these uh, Bible studies. It was like a thousand young people there. Guys, they grew from uh, the basement of, of Dad Ellis's house into a Bible study of a thousand people. Back, that was back in uh, 77, 78. And so, but it was simple. Back then, we didn't have lights and stuff like that. And there was just an acoustic guitar. And we were singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But there was such joy there. And see, the power of community was, was moving in my life. And I was enjoying the strength that came from that. Didn't live in a Christian household. It was not like my parents denied God. But there wasn't that constant influence. And so I found that through my connections with, with people like Scott and, and going to a local church. Scott, uh, Scott and I were baptized together in the same uh, church up in Cobb County. And so we, exp- we shared that together. And now here we are, old and gray. I think Scott doesn't have any hair. But um, he's, re- and he's retired up in North Carolina. He and his wife went up to North Carolina in, uh, in, in a house up there in the mountains. But still, even to this day, Scott and I will text each other in the morning. And we hook up on uh, UVersion uh, Bible app so that we are reading the same Bible um, plan, the Bible study plans, Bible reading plans. And I'm telling you, there's just such a synergy, uh, such a, um, a community through that. That we need each other. And we need each other to grow together. Do you need to grow? I know I need to grow. And I'm still growing. And it's been 44 years since I heard the Lord speak to me for the first time. And I still need to grow. And I need you. I need the Jesus in you. (laughs) And you need the Jesus in me. And so we need to grow. And that community is so important. It's so vitally important. I've known people throughout my 44 years as a, as a follower of Jesus that have fallen by the wayside because no one paid attention to them. And they didn't really connect themselves to anybody. They were kind of a lone ranger. And so this message really is deep in my heart to bring out to not, not only us, but to the body of Christ. We're, we're here for one another. We, we, have to, we have to be hungry for the things of God, but then we have to connect ourselves to, to a local church and to a body of believers. And then to see the, the, the big C church, that we're connected to a huge, 
huge body on this earth called the universal church, man. And it is big. There's people from all tribes and nations and tongues that worship the God that we worship. That believe that Jesus is Lord. And that through his blood there's salvation. And only through the blood of Jesus is salvation. And so in Acts chapter 2, this is what was happening. On the day of Pentecost, we see in verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, when it, it, it was fully come, it was there, that they were in unity, that they were praying together, and the Father sent the Holy Spirit to empower the church, to make the difference. They, they had a, an experiential um, relationship with Jesus Christ. And they had been taught by his teachings, but then they needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And the Father sent the Holy Spirit into the church yes. to empower us yes. for living, to, to live victoriously. Yes. And they came in contact with that power and it made a difference. Yes. It made a difference. And the, in the days before that, they were hiding out, afraid. Right. And now they were in the streets of Jerusalem, empowered with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Wow, such a difference from night to day difference. And so that Holy Spirit empowerment is so vitally important. But notice how that they received it all together. They were believers together and experiencing the unity. And that's when the power came. And so then verse 42 is what I want to get to. That um, they stayed together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Some versions say they, they, they steadfastly, they, they were constantly, steadfastly devoting themselves together to the apostles' doctrine. There's four things here. The apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayers. Breaking of bread and prayers. And so there was a coming together, that, that word koinonia, the communion, that fellowship. The Greek word koinonia is not just, hey, how are you doing? You know, did, um, did you have a good week at work? No, it's, it, it's more like, hey, you know, um, I was praying for you last night and the Lord shared something with me to share with you. Or what has the Lord been speaking to you recently? Because I, I, I'm just stirred up about, about this one verse here and I, I want to share it. It, that koinonia is so much deeper than just, uh, what do you like? Oh, I like that. And, and, you know, that fellowship, that rich fellowship that we should have with one another. That is the unity that brings us together. That's what they were doing daily, 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 on a daily basis. And we'll keep reading at 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Yes. Well, it doesn't say that they were trying to perform them. They were just staying together. They were doing those four things. They were, they were continuing in the apostles' doctrine. They were uh, fellowshipping with one another. They were communi- communing with uh, sharing meals together and the Lord's Supper. And then they were praying together. And so there were results from their unity from coming together. Yes. That many wonders and signs were por- performed by the apostles and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give it to anyone who had need. Yes. They were concerned about helping people who had a need. Yes. Wow. 
They continued to meet together in the temple courts and then they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were going everywhere together, coming together because they realized that there was power and unity and there, were, um, there was fruitfulness from that. Verse 47 says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they were doing something, but the Lord was doing something. And the result of that was growth. That's what I want us to see today. When I grow, we grow. And when we grow, I grow. That's growth. They were growing. And there were results from their growth. And the results were that they were growing. And there were signs and wonders and miracles. Now, people want to point to signs, wonders, and miracles. But listen, Moses wasn't fooled because Pharaoh's divinators or um, magicians <laughs> performed signs and wonders and miracles. So let me just issue a warning to those that are looking for signs and wonders and miracles. The devil can entertain you if that's what you're looking for. But I want us to see that signs and wonders and miracles are an outgrowing, an outflowing, and the fruit of unity and love and power. Now, you can, you can say you need love to produce unity, and the result of love and unity is power. That's what, that's what they were saying. That's, that's what they were seeing here, right? There was power being manifested. You keep studying in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. But listen... They were experiencing that unity. And me personally, in my life, uh, this happened when Pastor Sheila and I were engaged to be married. Um, there was a meeting that we were in when we were in Bible school. And there was a lady who is now 88 years old, very well respected in the body of Christ. Her name is Marilyn Hickey. You can look her up on the Internet. She, she's been teaching the Bible for years and years and years. She didn't know me from anybody. And she said, this young man over here on the second row with the blue jacket on it, it was a little bit different blue jacket, but I remember. I remember where I was sitting. I could take you back to the building. And she says, I have a scripture for you, and it's Acts 2.42. I'm like, is that me? She says, stand up. <laughs> she said, I don't know what you do. She said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a student at Rainbow Bible Training Center. She said, Okay, so what, uh, what group are you in? What, what, what are you pursuing? I said, I'm in the pastor's group. She said, well, I thought so, and so did the Lord. I remember the words like it was yesterday. She gave me the scripture, and then she's having this conversation with me. She said, so did the Lord. Because the Bible says, and they continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, and uh, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and prayer. So you will break the word of God in home situations. Um, you're going to continue in the word. Um, you will break the word of God in home situations. So that ties in with the pastor. And you'll be mightily used in prayer. And I'm like, man, you know, that was, it was a heavy word for that time when I'm, I'm in my young 20s. And um, God confirms, listen, when you're united, because I was there at that meeting, 
It's not that God couldn't speak to me in my own little prayer closet, but that confirmation came as, as a gift of the Spirit given through someone that I respected and that was respected in the body of Christ. And it was confirmation at that time in my life where I needed it. Now, I, I don't hang my hat on that. I recognized the voice of God when I was 11 years old, but I put myself in those situations where God can confirm and speak and strengthen my faith. And so, that is the power of the body of Christ. And Jesus joins us to his body. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. The New Living Translation says this. Now these are the gifts gave, Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and, pastors and, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So that is the job description of a pastor. To equip the church to do the work of God and build up the body of Christ. So, you can say it many different ways. But we take the word of God as pastors. We feed the believers in order to grow so that we can do something. Not so that we can just sit there and say, guess what I learned? Oh, that's good. Guess what I learned? Guess what I learned? Guess what I learned? We're supposed to be doing the works of Jesus, right? What we learn should provoke us to do something. (laughs) What have we done for Jesus this past week? Or what do we plan to do this next week from what we've learned? I found this to be true. A lot of believers become satisfied with just learning and learning and learning and learning And knowing themselves, but never really reaching out and touching someone and helping someone else grow. Again, when we grow, I grow. When I grow, we grow. I should be growing and we should be growing. And I have responsibility, guys. And not just as a pastor. I'm a believer and God has called me to duplicate myself. Disciples make disciples. Right? Disciples make disciples. And so we're here together and we're better together and we grow together. And we grow as a body and we grow individually. And we should be growing. The Lord should be adding to our number daily such as should be saved. Because we're growing. Because we are actually exercising our faith and doing something about it. I'm going to keep reading this passage here, and I want us to kind of chew on it a little bit. Verse 13 says, This will continue, or this edifying and building up of the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. That requires growing, right? Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every new wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. There's a lot of that going on today. So we need to know the truth so that we're not tricked by people with lies that sound so clever that they sound like the truth. Verse 15 says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. We got a lot of people speaking the truth. 
but it's not very lovely, <laughs> if you know what I mean. A lot of Christians that are just flat mad, and they need to just be quiet until you can get in love. Until you can get in love, you need to <laughs> zip it, zip it, tick a lock, <laughs> right? <laughs> Speak the truth, and we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes his whole body fit together perfectly. Oh, that's so good. Because as a pastor, sometimes I can get in my own way, trying to make everybody fit perfectly. And if Jesus is doing it, in his way, then I just need to back off and pray <laughs> and, and just obey. Pray and obey and don't get in his way. As each part does its own special work and it helps the other parts to grow. That's what I want us to see. If you're doing your own special work the way that God designed you to do, it's going to be in conjunction with other people. And it's going to help the whole body grow. It's going to help other parts grow because we're connected to other parts. And the end of that, the result of that is that the very last verse or the very last part of verse 16, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How can you tell if a church is healthy? Because it's full of love, full of love. When an offense comes up and somebody gets kind of crooked and their nose out of joint, love puts, puts, puts that down. No strife here, no strife here, no strife here. Now, we all, have the, we all have the flesh to deal with, and nobody's perfect. But those who are mature speak with love and minister the love of God, and we grow. We grow in love, and we grow in unity. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And I'm just going to point out, well... Yeah, I'll read verse 18 and make a comment on it. 18 and 19. Colossians 2, 18 says this. Paul's speaking to another church. He says, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on self, uh, pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying that they had visions about these things. And there's people today that have visions about angels and they, they want to worship angels. It's out there. Just look, Google, angel worship. People, people are strange and crazy. <laughs> but if you don't know any better, I guess, I mean, that sounds good, worship an angel. But don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying that they have visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. So people that are proud, to a degree, are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. Would you say that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't get connected, right? But I want you to see what he's making this statement running up to this other point here that he's making. This statement, he's trying to bring correction here about people that are just their sinful minds are not even connected to the head of the body of Christ because they're, 
they haven't been taught or maybe they just have denied Christ and started worshiping angels, whatever the case is. But this last point that he makes here is, for he, meaning God, holds the whole body together. Christ, the head of the church, holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. So we can see a couple of things from this scripture. Number one, pride cuts you off from Christ and the body. And number two, God holds the whole body together and it grows as he nourishes it. So it's God's will that the body be nourished and grow. Right? Are you being nourished and are you growing? He knows that we need each other. We need each other. And we need each other to grow. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. The New Living Translation says this. Ephesians 4, 16. Under his direction, Jesus, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. These are scriptures that are uh, bearing witness with or confirming other scriptures. The Bible says, let every word be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. We're having multiple scriptures proving the point that God established the body of Christ, that he fitly joined it together, and that it's supposed to grow. Under the direction of Jesus, the whole body is fitted together perfectly as each part. Everybody say each part. That means me. Each part. You're a part. You've got to see yourself as a part. Are you going to expect somebody else to do your part? No, only you can do your part. Each part does its own special work. But just because it's special doesn't make it any better. That's where we get lifted up in the pride. You you might think that you're better than someone else. No. No, you're just using the measure of faith that God gave you and the grace and the gifting and the talent that God gave you. But it's still special, and it helps the other parts grow. Your part, doing your part, helps another part to grow. That's what I want us to see. We help each other grow, and we need each other in order to grow. How many of you want to grow? Then you need others to help you grow. Again, we're battling this independent spirit here. I don't need anybody, just me and Jesus. I just need me and Jesus. Just me and Jesus, that's all I need. No, you need somebody else to help us to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Full of love. We can't grow alone. We need help. We need help because our parts depend on each other. Does anybody know what this is? Anybody It's a resistance band. It's 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 a it's a thing. It is something you use. (laughs) They, I don't know. They they had these, I guess, a long time ago. But they just, I hope it doesn't bust. Right? Pow! So one part of the body says, "I'm gonna stay down here." The other part says, "Hey, I'm gonna." I'm going to do this a little bit to build up, uh-oh, such power in the room. <laughs> I, blew out, I blew out the lights. 
Okay. <laughs> Not really. Uh, that was the joke. So one part of the body says, hey, let's build up the body, cause it to grow, to become stronger. But I need you. It, 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 I mean, I'm not getting stronger here. But, hold on. <laughs> but there's, get this, there's a little bit of resistance. One part working against another part. They got to work in conjunction, right? But the end is strength. Might be a little pain after I do this about 200 times. Is that true? But there's a good example, right? The, the way God designed our bodies to work together, to become stronger, right? Think about this. If you go in the hospital and you're airing the bed for a couple of weeks and they're finding out what's going on with you and they release you, you're going to be weak. They're going to give you one of these little bands. And the PT is going to send you home. Physical therapist is going to say, okay, you need to do this about 20 times every two hours. I don't know. Whatever they tell you to do, that's what you need to do. Because your body needs to be built up to be strong, to do what God designed us to do. We need to grow. If your muscles atrophy because you are not using them, you need to build them up. You need the other parts of the body. Say, I need you you. to to grow. So, when we work together, we become stronger. When we become stronger, we can do more. And if you've been sent home from the hospital, you need to strengthen your muscles so that you can do what you used to could do and even more than you used to could do, right? Because God has a life ahead of you that's filled with strength and faith and power and love, and we have to work together. And it's a lifelong process, guys. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. God knows that we cannot become mature instantaneously and he doesn't expect us to be this is sometimes where we get it wrong as christians we see someone make a profession for christ and become baptized in water and they go public with their faith and then we expect them to be the perfect christian after that (laughs) and it's sad because then we'll begin to judge people Because of what they do or don't do, not because of the change in their heart. Because all of us sitting in here, it took a while for those changes to to start in the heart and and be displayed outwardly. Is that right? And we're still in the process of changing. It is a process of changing. And Paul here in this this, uh, passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 was... He was intently looking for this growth process, and he did not see it. And he became disturbed. Paul became disturbed because he did not see this growth happening in the church that was in Corinth. And here's what he said. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would mature Christians. 
I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't handle anything stronger. And if that wasn't an indictment enough, he says, and you're still not ready. You still aren't ready. And so Paul was, <laughs> he was obviously upset because the church in Corinth was living like the world rather than Christ. There was strife. They had not matured. They weren't loving each other. They weren't living in harmony. They were divided. They had not grown up. And the problem with staying a spiritual infant is that we need everyone else to serve us. And we want everything our way. And we ask things like, what can the church do for me? Or what can God do for me? Or why isn't this done my way? And that's spiritual immaturity. But the Bible says that we need to mature. We need to grow up. We need to mature. And as we mature, we realize that life is to be poured out. Our life is to be poured out as an offering to God. We find our meaning. You can write this down. We find our meaning and purpose not by what we want to do or, or what others do for us or having our own way, but by loving and serving God and each other. That's where we find our purpose. When we love God and serve God and when we love others and serve others. We, in other words, we take our eyes off of ourselves. See, little children, are, it's, it's, it's all about me. The world revolves around me. And so that's the biggest challenge for parents to teach the child. Life is not about you. This world doesn't revolve around you. Because growing up, all they can do is point and go, uh, 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 uh. And if it's the youngest child, he gets his brothers and sisters to go around the house. and He, why did I say he, is make, could be a she. <laughs> you get it, right? Some, some of this is just kind of <laughs> inbred. If you're the youngest, I apologize if you're the youngest in the family. But um, sometimes we learn this by default. By default, right? It's all about me. Help me. Give this to me. I want this. I get my way. And if you're the youngest and you have a real strong personality, then that makes it double, double uh, challenging, Right? But the measure of our maturity is not how long we've been a Christian or how often we go to church or how well we know the Bible or how correct our doctrine is or how much we give to the poor. That's not a measure of maturity. These are all important things to those who are mature. But we can do all these things and still miss the mark. We can still be self-centered, uncaring, unkind, and still fall into temptation. So the real test of our growth in Christ is how Christ-like we are, including the fruit of the Spirit. Love, Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance. These things, the fruit of the Spirit, the things that come from the inside, right? And our obedience to do, it, to do what God asks us to do. So, there's, 
no mistake why Paul and why the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul made the connection and correlation between a, a, a child and a spiritual uh, newly born person, a spiritual adolescent or an infant. There's stages that we go through, and it takes time and focused effort. Takes time and focused effort. I've never in my life woken up out of sleep and found myself in the fitness center on a treadmill running and said, How did I get here? <laughs> never. It's never happened. I may have had the intention of that happening, but it just doesn't happen like that. You have to pack a little bag. You have to make sure you have your little fob and you have to have your tennis shoe and your, your socks and your, and your deodorant for afterwards. And <laughs> you, carry, you carry yourself. Everybody does this, right? You carry yourself in there. And yourself is going, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to grow. <laughs> Let me just go back to sleep. I don't want to experience any pain. I know there's a bunch of clothes in my closet that I need to wear, so this is why I'm going here and spending money and spending time. Guys, it, growth just doesn't happen easy, and it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> That's why we still see Christians that are dealing with the same thing after 10 and 15 years, and some of them kind of slide back. Now, that, that term backslide is not in the Bible, guys. It's not in the Bible. We see a prodigal son who had all that his father could offer, and he took it away, but then he came back. We should never call anybody a backslider. In fact, I asked the Lord one time, did this person backslide? He, said, he corrected me. He said, they never went forward enough to slide back. Think about that. If you walk through the doorway, which is Jesus, he's the door to the Father, right? And you receive your salvation, and you, and you just sit down. It doesn't, doesn't mean you slid back anywhere. You didn't, just didn't go forward. Right? The Lord wants us to get up and to move. Get up and move and grow. And I need you in order to grow. I need you in order to grow. I need you. These apps on the phone are just amazing. Uh, these health, the help, health apps. I should qualify that. Not all apps are of God. <laughs> they're not all God. They're not all God approved. <laughs> we should put ratings on there, right? But there's health apps where you can join up together and encourage one another, and you can form a team and. My, with my watch, I'm linked to five other guys. And every time I exercise, they see that I'm exercising. When I finish a workout, they see that I finish my workout. They see if I've burned enough calories every day. And when, after, after somebody does a workout, you have a chance to, to uh, cheer them on. Say, that was awesome. You're doing it. You're crushing it or whatever, whatever you want to say. I'm going to catch you by the end of the day. <laughs> you, can, you can actually compete with each other. But it's in a healthy way to, to encourage growth. And that's what we need to do as, as the body of Christ.
And more specifically, guys, you can, you can feel this underlying theme of, of the life groups and where we are as a church to connect together as life groups, come together and encourage one another. Because, listen, I know this for sure because I've been doing this church thing for 44 years. There is no place better to come to be encouraged when you need to be encouraged than the church. That's why the devil fights so hard to keep people out of the church. He doesn't want them to come in anywhere near another Christian to be encouraged. And he'll shame you. See, you didn't do what they did last week. You, you fussed and cussed and, and, and got mad at your children and this and that and the other. And shame you from coming to the place and coming to the people where you need encouragement. It's true. Because there's no place like the body of Christ. There's no place like the presence of the Lord to become encouraged like we need to be encouraged. So the more we grow, there's two things that happen the more that we grow. Two things. This is in your notes. The first thing is the more we grow, the more we look, act, and talk like Jesus. The more that we grow together and separately, but I need you to grow. In order for me to grow. The more that we grow. The more that we look like. We talk like. And we act like Jesus. The world wants to see Jesus in us. The world wants to see Jesus in the church. That's why they're so quick to condemn sin. Even though they're living in sin. But see, you don't act like you say that you're supposed to act. So that's why I'm never going to be a Christian because you don't act like you're supposed to act. That's crazy. That's just illogical in the first place. But they are still right that the church needs to look like, act like, and talk like Jesus. And when we grow together, we're going to look like him and talk like him and act like him more and more and more and more. Back to that uh, scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 where we're, we're coming into that maturity in the body of Christ to where we look like Jesus to the world. And love is attractive. Love is attractive. That's what attracts people into the body of Christ. The second thing that happens the more that we grow is we have more influence and more impact. Influence and impact. In Acts chapter 17, the disciples had operated in the love, unity, and the power of God to the extent that people around them in the world were, were, were saying, these people have turned the world upside down. And now they're here in Jason's house, and we're going to come after them. Because we're going to run them out of town. We don't, we don't want them to disrupt the sin in our city. <laughs> right? So the Lord wants us to have more influence and have a greater impact. But we can only do that as we grow together. Together. I need you, you need me, and we both need God. I grow, we grow, we grow, I grow. Everybody say, I grow. We grow. We grow. I grow. Do you need to grow? How much do you need to grow? A lot. 
a lot. So we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as such, as some people do. But more and more, as we see the day approaching, things are getting tighter on the earth, guys. I wish, and I say that very lightly, that I could prophesy that heaven is going to come down and the earth is going to be utopia. But that's not the truth. We are going to be raptured from the church. That's what I believe from what I study in the word. Which means things are going to get darker and darker. But the church is going to get brighter and brighter. Right? If we continue in the word. Jesus said, you're my disciples if you continue in the word. And the truth will set you free. We're the light. We shouldn't be hiding in darkness, but be set on the, on the heel. So that people can come in out of the darkness. Right? Nowhere in, the, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say, okay, camp out there and build heaven on earth and then we'll come inhabit heaven on earth. No. Do you remember his disciples when they went up to this Mount of Transfiguration? The disciples that Jesus took up on that mountain. And they had an experience where they said, Jesus, this is good. Let's just, let's just stay here, build a tent, we'll just camp out right up here. No. Jesus said, no, we, we've got to go back. Just like God told Moses, go back down the mountain and deal with the people that I have given you to lead. Right? So, it's not over yet, guys. But the church can shine as we grow together and we grow in the fullness of the image of Jesus Christ. So the more influence and the more impact we have is because are directly connected to the more that we grow together. Listen, listen to this about Belgian horses. They're huge, powerful animals. In fact, one Belgian horse can pull more than 8,000 pounds. 8,000 pounds. The weird thing, though, is that if you put two Belgian horses together who are strangers, they don't just double the amount that they can pull to 16,000 pounds. They actually triple it to 24,000 pounds. That's two Belgian horses that are strangers. But if you spend some time training them to work together, that unified pair can pull a whopping 32,000 pounds. That's Four times what one of those horses can pull. Isn't that awesome? So when we work together, we grow together. When we grow together, we can do more. We can have more impact and more influence. Now, there's three ways that we grow together. Number one, connect up. Connect up. We need to create growth opportunities by either hosting a life group or being part of a life group. We are actually creating growth opportunities. Every time I get together with somebody from the body of Christ, we grow. I went to lunch with Lee just a couple days ago. We grew because I wanted to hear what he had to say, not because I wanted to take him to lunch and tell him what I wanted him to know. 
We grow because we're together and because we're fellowshipping over the Lord and what he's doing in our lives. But we have to create these opportunities. So we have to connect up. Guys, we can have awesome quiet times with the Lord, but at some point he says, uh, go and encourage somebody with the same encouragement that you've been encouraged with. Freely you receive, so now freely go. Right? What does a parent do naturally when their, when their child ends up with a, a, a bag of candy? Now, share that with your brother. Share that with, your, share that with all the kids around you, right? The father's saying, hey, share what you've got. Because you've got a lot. You've got a lot to give. You've got a lot to give. A word of encouragement is strong and it goes a long way, guys. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, and, uh, 23, 24, and 25. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Again, you'll never find another place on earth that will encourage you like you find the church, in the church. When I need encouraging, I'm glad that you're here because there are some days I need encouraging and you encourage me. I get excited. My body this morning was just like hitting me over the head. Did you ever, your body ever hit you over the head? Like, uh, you really don't want to go this morning. It's cloudy out. You really should just kind of lay here a little bit longer. But when I got moving, motivated, and come up here and see everyone smiling and excited, some are more excited than others. But listen, excitement is, <laughs> that wasn't the punchline. But excitement is, incur- is, 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 is contagious. It's contagious. If I came in on a, on a number two excitement scale, hang around some of these folks and you get up on a four or five, hang around some more, you get up on a seven or eight, pretty soon you're, you're full. You're full. And then you're lipping, tipping, overflowing, and you have to go encourage somebody. Again, the disciples wanted to hang out at the top of the mountain in the tent. But Jesus said, no, no, we got to go down. We got to go back down because we need to connect up. Number two, we need to check up. Connect up, number one, check up, number two. We have to establish a community of accountability. Community of accountability. If your friend says, hey, I'll meet you at Life Group and they don't show up, you need to show them that you love them by calling them. You're, you're, not, you're not getting in their business if they, don't, if they don't show up. You love them enough to say, hey, I'm missing you. Where were you? I just talked to you two hours ago and you're not here. They could have had an accident and need, they're on the road. They could have run out of gas. They need somebody to come help them. You don't know what's happened to them. That, that accountability, guys, can, can be a, a kind of a, a give and take thing. But you have to give permission. Permission. I give you permission. Please tell me. When Pastor Sheila and I got married, when we were way back, back in the day, <laughs> I said a couple of things. If I'm ever in public and there's something hanging right here, or my, 
or my shirt tail is hanging out, you've got to turn, turn to me and say, you know, give me some kind of sign. That's giving permission. And the same thing. She says, if, you know, if my lipstick is way over here or my eyebrows are way up here or there's mascara way up under here, then you've got to tell me. So I, I look for those things. And every now and then she'll say, what, what do you think? Do you think I, is there any, is everything okay? Everything's okay. <laughs> tell me when I'm missing it. Tell me when I'm missing it. Love me enough to tell me. Pastor, don't go up on the platform because you, you know, you got to zip up your pants there. <laughs> Nicely, in love. Romans chapter 1 and verse 12. Romans 1.12 in the New Living Translation. We're almost done here. I'm eager to encourage you in your faith. I'm eager to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. See, it's reciprocation. It's checking up. We miss this sometimes because we want to go, we want to, go to life group and just kind of chill. Just kind of be social. But we've got to go one step deeper and, and, and give each other permission to check us up. Check up on me. I'm going through a difficult time. Please give me a call this week. That, that's not unbelief, guys. That's not unbelief. When, I, when I'm weak, I need somebody to check up on me. Somebody this week. Text me and say, I appreciate you. For no reason. Don't tell me... Don't tell me you appreciate me because, blah, blah, blah. And that's good to be specific sometimes, sometimes. But pray. When you're giving encouragement, the Lord will give you a specific, specific word. Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just that text that says, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We all need encouragement. When I grow, we grow. And we grow and I grow. The third thing, last thing. First thing, connect up. Second thing, check up. Third thing, mentor up. Mentor up. Learning and leading. I need to learn, but I also need to lead. And I can only lead where I've learned. I can only take somebody as far as I've gone. But the Lord calls us to be disciples, making disciples. Freely you've received, so freely give. If you're not discipling somebody, you should be. Yeah, but pastor, I don't know a whole lot of scripture, and I don't know, and I haven't been born again that that long and I'm not really a Bible student but you your life speaks and as we grow we're able to help other people e- even if it's just connecting this is a great tool guys you version y-o-u-v-e-r-s-i-o-n you version app on the phone you can install it get Bible plans share Bible plans read together pray together All on the app. So if one of you leaves the house at 5 in the morning, the other one leaves the house at 7 in the morning, and you don't want to wake up your friend and go on the phone and pray together, that's fine. You can do it on the app. You can study the same Bible verses. You can leave messages for each other. It's a great way to connect, have that accountability, and establish some mentor relationships. Paul had Barnabas. Barnabas sought out Paul. He was introduced to Paul, but then later on he sought out Paul in Acts chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. 
And Barnabas and Paul stayed together for one year in Antioch, teaching together. They formulated this relationship of mentor and mentee. Paul was being mentored by Barnabas. But it didn't stop there. He turned around and mentored a guy by the name of Timothy. And so he was mentored, he grew, and then he became a mentor to Timothy. We need to learn and we need to lead. We need to have a mentor in our life always. But we always need to have somebody that we're pouring into. Philippians 3.17 says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. This is Paul speaking. So Paul said, pattern your, your life after mine and learn from those who follow our example. But then he also went on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So if I mess up, don't you mess up. Keep following Jesus. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying with all of my heart to follow Jesus and all that I do and all that I say and in every way that I act. So it's not enough for us to grow individually. But are we growing in order to help someone else grow? Are we truly disciples making disciples? We need to work out. We need to grow. We need each other. You know, you get one of these things on your legs and start pulling them out like that, you, you realize how, how important that other foot is. <laughs> right? We need each other. You're important to everybody in here. If you're not part of a life group, I encourage you to be a part of a life group. In every life group, there are different people on different levels. And the host of the life group... Are, we're not giving tests on how much of the Bible that you know. These are, this is not a Bible college. <laughs> but it's not just a time of social either. It's, it's a time that we can connect with each other, learn about each other, and be encouraging to one another. Right? Let's all stand. Thank you, Father. We're growing together. Growing together. The way that God designed us to grow. There was a time where Paul went away to study and really receive a revelation of Jesus. But then the Lord sent him back to the disciples. Three years after three years, he went back and met with the disciples up in Jerusalem because they needed each other. Same thing with us. We need one another. Let me just pray for, for us. Lord, thank you for showing us. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.